0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Waves of Change. Um, I'm Dr. Man Lee, and I'm here with my good friend, uh, Diana Chu, and we both of us are practicing therapists here in San Francisco. Uh, Diana, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. It's just like Day forty like eight of like shelter in place for uh-huh. San Francisco. And they just extended it. And also this month, today is May. Uh, and I wanna acknowledge that is um what is it? Like the the Asian American psychology month, right? Yeah, like, it's an Asian awareness.
0: American um heritage month, I believe.
1: Yes. Yeah, yes. To
0: celebrate the wonder of being Asian it's fantastic. Um <laughs> I know Diana finished her uh, uh, comedy show yesterday. Oh, the
1: performance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. amazing. Okay. So this week we have a pretty charged topic, right? I want to talk about the psychology of those. Anti- anti-quarantine protesters out there, you know, those waving guns, you know, saying that their liberty are impeded on. Now, mm. I, I want to say, I'm, I personally am not a very politically savvy person, but I'm still a human being and I have some thoughts to share. What about you, Diana?
1: <laughs> yeah, not politically uh, savvy at all for myself, but I think it's a very interesting um, dynamic that we're seeing because of, like, how you could see the rage in people and you know, all uh-huh. in the media, um, I think the media is capturing like one end of the spectrum. But at yeah. the same time, like seeing that, seeing that, um, like news is is pretty, pretty charged for me.
0: Absolutely, and I just want to be very specific about what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, the armed protester, I believe, in Michigan. Yeah, who mm-hmm. went to the Capitol, and they're just armed to the teeth, and then they also went to the governor's home, armed to the teeth, to you know, to uh, make their statements. Um, yeah. So several things as I look at these newsletter, and I just want to emphasize that this is a subgroup of population. There's not a lot of these folks, but they're there. They're making a large scene. They're being on the news. Um, I just want to say most of them are uh, white. They're they're white.
1: Did you count them? Is that is that? <laughs>
0: I mean, look look, uh, look at those photos mm-hmm. on the news and people who are protesting are primarily white. Now, yeah. this is supposed to be a non-political uh, rally, right? We're talking about just you know, people protesting the, the quarantine. But um, a lot of news are reporting that uh, uh, a lot of Trump supporters, a lot of MAGA folks got mixed mm-hmm. in and it turned to a political rally as well. Mm-hmm. So – I is is, just, I'm just highlighting that yes, uh, if you look at the evidence, if you look at what is presented, a uh, lot of white folks there, you know, yeah. not all of them, but majority, a lot of white folks,
1: mm-hmm. right? And
0: I read this article recently that talks about just this very interesting like dichotomy about why is this such an unusual case, right? And what was highlighted. Is that yes? A lot of these protesters, they do have somewhat of a valid reason. We are facing a tremendous economical hardship, where right? we yeah, are the facing economic downturn. Yeah, yeah, increase in domestic violence, an increase in mental health concerns. These are all very true concerns, right? And there's definitely uncertainty about what the future holds. Um, very, very concerning. Um, but then, then kind of bring me back to this statement, this idea of uh, this is what a lot of pe- person of color, people of color, we live with on a daily basis, right? We're not sure what the future holds. We're not sure we're going to be kicked out. We're not sure what's going to happen. This is what being uh, uh, a person of color means for a lot of folks, Thank right? You. And I think a lot of um, middle-class white folks in these states are kind of getting a small flavor of what it means to be like a black person or Asian person.
1: Or not yeah. having like the privilege.
0: Yeah. Like, like losing the, the privilege. Right. And, yeah, the, and the COVID-19 is almost like it's equalizer It impact all of us. Right. And mm-hmm. of course, some more than others, but it's an oppressive force. It takes away your freedom, it takes away your ability to do what you want for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I think, yeah, like go ahead, for yeah.
1: for 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 example, um, I could imagine that if um uh, I have a mental health issue or I am um uh not as privileged or have a disability, mm-hmm. um, the idea of staying at home is not new for those people. No, right? Mm-hmm. Like they 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 might have been because they don't have the economic uh, financial um uh, uh you know resources they they most likely stay at home all the time and just go to work and then go back home. Like it's, it's actually like, that's why you, when you mentioned the equalizer, I thought about that, about Mm -hmm. how these people actually, the adjustment might not be, um, as drastic when compared to people who have more privilege, more social ties, more access, um, more access to different things. Mm -hmm. Um, so they are feeling it.
0: Mm. -hmm. Yeah. And, um, And I actually, a a quote that kind of came up for me recently is by Animal House. I'm not sure we read that book. But (laughs) a quote is, uh, uh, we're all equal, but some are more equal than others. Mm. Right? So I wrote it out here that liberty and justice for all, but some deserves more liberty and justice than others. Mm. Can you
1: elaborate a little bit about how it meant for you specifically?
0: In terms of what? Oh, the protesting? Yeah. Um, it 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 feels very infuriating for me. Mm. Um, it feels like we're all in a classroom, and then is recess time, but two or three kids would not sit down. So like recess keeps getting delayed, and we ought to stay in the classroom for an extra five minutes, and we're all trying to convince those kids to just sit down, man. Just just sit down, and we're good. They're like no. No, I'm not sitting down. It's oppressing my freedom and liberty. and then stand up and protest. And I'm like, okay. I mean, the virus doesn't care. Okay, I mean, the virus is not, you know, political or like the virus is not your mom or teacher. It's not an authority. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I, yeah, go ahead.
1: I also thought about like when you're giving that uh, scenario. I think it's a really good. Um, idea because it it resonates with a lot of people Um, but also like thinking about the collective and individualistic uh thinking Uh um i think so uh in a lot of country a lot of different countries um especially in asia um i know that there's like the political um like uh, aspect of it too but in general like people think about it as a collective sense. Like, okay, let's do this together. Um, let Let's you know, like, uh, uh, make sure that like we are we are, wear masks for you know, like, with each other uh, when we're gathering, and to protect myself is to protect you at the same time. And then the inv- and then I think like with this protest like coming in the individualistic um, qualities also uh come in as well like it's it's also highlighted about the freedom but also like i my my resources is more important than your resources mm-hmm. um my uh ideas is more important than yours i i think that also shows as well
0: absolutely and i i mean some argue that's a very american kind of you know individualistic stance where western stands however you know we living here in America and seeing all those frontline medical workers literally sacrificing themselves for mm-hmm. the greaterment of mankind. I, I don't think it applies to. I don't think it applies to all Americans. I don't think it applies to most Americans. You know, I think most Americans are very, you know, we and putting us first and not, you know, me first, right? I think it applies to some. And I think it kinda goes back to the original point we made about the white privilege, right? right. Um it kinda it kinda echoes what you're talking about, putting my resources are more bad and are more important than yours. Um and actually now that you said that, there is a lot of symbolism about these protests um, that kind of echoes, you know, race dynamics in America. Like the big one, I think, is the guns they carry, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, why are you carrying guns? Who are you going to shoot, right? The virus? It, I think think the it's virus? Like, you know?
1: <laughs> right, it's intimidation,
0: about, like, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm here to defend what's mine, right? So k- quick history lesson. Um, so the, when the Black Panther, they actually did the same thing in the protests, where they armed themselves went to the Capitol. Uh, that year, the NRA voted for gun control,
1: mm.
0: right? And so it's it's, it's undoubtedly it was a white system, right? So the gun is a way for whiteness to protect white privilege. That's how I interpret it, right? And also, an article I read recently talked about If the when the stay at home order uh, is ignored, uh, who suffers? Well, Black folks suffer. African American folks suffer. Why? Because it's shown that the infection rate is similar, but the death rate is twice as high within the community.
1: Exactly because Mm -hmm. of the access of resources and Mm -hmm. right, like how how um, healthcare or even like um, the idea of like essential workers, Mm -hmm. like they're typically like um, lower income bracket um mm-hmm. because of um and and that's affecting these kind of people um i I think it's really important that you highlight it too about the death rate and and it's very alarming in in some sense very disproportionate um, yeah it's it's very it's very sad to see it um see the data reflecting um these kind of uh, privilege and you know suppression like in a very concrete way
0: absolutely. And when it comes back, when it comes down to it is, what are we defending, right? We're defending, or not we, what are these folks, these protesters defending? They're defending a style of life, right? They're defending a life that's unoppressed by COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. But that style of life, I think what this, the reality and the, the fallout is showing us that that style of life is very privileged for them, defending their privilege, right yeah. so it's I think for me be seeing that and understanding it through that way is very I like I say infuriating
1: yeah mm-hmm. some actually say that like um, maybe it's the evolution of mankind right Darwin <laughs>
0: Darwinism okay
1: <laughs> no, Darwinism is uh, activated when these people um, <laughs> you know they might get the coronavirus first because they're gathering the risk is like way higher um and what what are your thoughts about that? Just let them let them like experience that, or so or? it's
0: a it's a part of me. Part of me, the more um, oh god, the more devi- devilish part of me It's like, yeah, you know, they can they, they can do whatever they want, or whatever. But the, the reality of the situation is that um, I think a lot of the the quote-unquote bravery in the face of this virus demonstrated by these protesters is this innate understanding that if something were to happen to them that their health care prioritize over others mm. right they're mm. entitled to a ventilator they're entitled for testing they're entitled for these things so is this historical catering you know, to people of their skin color, of their age bracket, of their income bracket, that kind of fuels this, like, oh yeah, I'm 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 fearless. I can do this. Yeah,
1: you're immune. I'm it.
0: immune like, to it. Like there's a yeah. soul
1: you know, like oh, and can yeah. say like, oh oh, got so mm-hmm. I got so I am not as afraid. What's pole Like um. Like a floating device. A, a like... backup
0: floating device. Yes,
1: yeah, a backup floating device. Yeah,
0: so yeah. you won't sink. So yeah, you can be out there. It can be loud. You can be like, yeah, I, I'm not going to learn how to swim. I'm going to do all these dangerous stuff. when you know you have something backup. Now, I imagine if some of these folks were to be like, oh, hey, uh, the, the hospitals are completely packed. And then there's like a high likelihood of just not be able to accept you. I think that might change their mind. I really do. Mm. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. it is a very charged topic and a sad topic like mm. uh, i i think i think there are people out there um who is frustrated about this financial because like it, it does burden absolutely like, financial, like you know um but it's about um how we see human lives and how mm-hmm. the understanding of like what is important and mm and And honestly, I think there are people who think that like other people's life is not as important as theirs, mm-hmm. or they are putting like economic value on a person's life
0: and I think a more a bigger picture again here is if a lot of these folks who are experiencing extreme hardship financial hardship, right mm-hmm. the question is if if being out of business for a month or two renders someone completely bankrupt. Um, that's not a fair system to begin with, right? I mean, look at these big companies getting bailed out left and right, yeah? So Mm -hmm. what are we talking, are are you really that free when losing your job, meaning losing your healthcare, losing your job, meaning losing your livelihood? Are are we really that free? And kind of goes back to the question earlier, do we really want to return to that status quo? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not a fun topic and it's a kind of manning topic, but it is a topic of the day.
1: Yeah so so as a therapist mm-hmm. um if a client come in and, and and have and have like really different views from from your view right like what what kind of strategies or like how would you approach that cuz i i think like we could talk about this like all day long but i think like let's bring it back a little bit about like our specific um like situation
0: yeah. So um the APA suggests that if um a client's <laughs> you know <if> the client's <laughs> worldview or particular position is very activating for you to the point where you cannot remain objective, right, then uh the suggest suggested response is to refer them out, right? Yes. Again, that's what the APA said. Now I believe that um It's more complex than that. And also there, there are no matter the position, um, I feel like as a therapist, our job is to find out elements that we can have commonality, no matter how, you know, how different it might be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally, I am very much pro choice. I'm a client who is pro life. The end of the day, uh, that person might argue that, oh, you know, life is important. That's something I agree too. Like human life is very important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's a lot, a lot of differences, but if I, as a therapist, I might hang on to their respect for human life,
1: mm-hmm. right,
0: and see if I can channel that and see what that looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, like the the phrase of um, the. Um, um, Unconditional positive regard, right like oh how, so can we'll <laughs> <laughs> how can you hold that piece? man, these are like tough topics, like um especially when there is uh the class difference, and we're both like p o c like you know like how 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 are we holding it for ourselves and also for our community as well like i think I think there's a social justice lens to what we're doing. And having a stance is great, but also sometimes it kind of like defer people from coming to see us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the balance of it is the art of um, of our profession.
0: Absolutely. And when it comes to identifying privilege, we we might not – in the therapy room, we don't want to use it as a way to shame, you know, white clients. Like, oh, my God, how can you think this way? I do this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. kind of like help them – um, develop a, a of adaptive, healthy white identity, right? Someone who is able to acknowledge some of these privileges and disparities, and also, um, use their own privilege to fight for others, right? And kind of gain a self, a sense of self in that, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think that is a good focus rather than shame and guilt.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to do, and if yeah, and if as a provider you can't do it, refer. Like APA. I APA says
0: refer, so yeah. But I, I think for those um, POC therapists out there, I really believe that um, we are in a unique position to, to do some rich psychoeducation right build that rapport build that connection and yeah. see if you can use yourself as like a tool right that living as a person of color this is some of your experiences and see if you can exchange that with your mm-hmm. client and share the the that's, racial stress yeah. here right and i think that can be very powerful
1: yeah
0: yeah well i think
1: that's about it for our topic is there any last things that you want to add
0: stay home people <laughs>
1: Stay home, people. And that's about it. And we'll see you next week.
0: Bye bye, everybody. See you next week.